are recording. Well, thanks for telling me. Are you a cop? Right off the Maybe. bat? Maybe. <laughs> I think that's false. Well, I think a cop doesn't have to actually tell you the truth. I don't really want to wade into that one. Oh. Um, but I will wade into the fact that I am Big Will, a.k.a. Uncle Buck, a.k.a. retired art teacher Christopher Crayola, yet again ushering you into... Usher, that's an R&B singer we can still listen to. Ushering you into <laughs> the Heavy Hole podcast. They're falling by the wayside. How are you, sir? I'm doing fine, Will. Thanks again for having me on the show. That's right. I got him for two weeks in a row. It's Big Tom back in action. That's right. I'm here. Tom yeah. still has not gotten canceled and banished to back beyond the editing board. I really don't know how. You fell asleep uh, when I played you my solo project. That <laughs> that's why I never released it. Oh, yeah. No, I'm playing. I'm playing. Uh, but listen, all jokes aside, Tom, how you been? What's going on? Over I'm doing there? well. Doing very well. Uh, I am still busy. Mm. I am uh, getting this company thing off the road. And all this sound recording stuff. Yeah. And um, three's post production. You know, it's it's. Yeah. Uh, it's fine. That's that's what you usually do on the show. Um, yeah. Would my, you would you like to plug your company, sir? Oh, uh, sure. Yeah. Um, check out sideeyesound.com. Uh, if you have a if you need a mix, I could do that. I will. I am offering mixes to uh, all kinds of mm. bands. I might mm. not do it myself. I have a pretty uh, awesome team. Like a mixtape, you could make me like a mixtape. You know, you go to a guy who records it and then you're like okay let's get someone else's ears on it I mean, I can i'll do go that. up there so, i'll go up there and i'll try to sell cds by huntington's train station yeah that's pretty much I what i'm live. trying to do we talked about that when we had tom Meehan on i live adjacent there that's why the listeners might hear tom i haven't had you in the room for this you've edited out train horns blaring through the mix a few of them in yeah. interviews yeah that's that's one of the downsides of my podcast studio yeah, while you can uh, just walk to the train station there and zip right in. Not on the weekends, of course. Yeah. Because well, that line is fucked. The, the trains um, would sound, like, less loud for some reason. Like, I don't know yeah. why, but they would at the, at the actual train station than at my house. It's crazy. I tell you, this is pretty death metal. Someone got hit by a train. Really? Yeah, this was kind of wild. Uh, I woke, I was like, it was like 6 a.m. on my day off, lingering in bed, maybe or maybe not. Checking the nuclear war now <laughs> catalog to see if they updated it. I don't know. Mm-hmm. And I hear a sound, and it sounded like a fender bender, but there were no brakes squeaking. And it happened while the the ding dong ding dong was down for the train crossing by by my neighborhood. And come to and then the the the, the train. I look out my window, and it's just a train in the middle of the street, and all the traffic is lined up waiting, but the train stopped. It's just a a stopped train. Come to find out, somebody had tried to go in and around those crossing With a car? Yeah, no, they tried to drive their car in. They tried to weave through the train crossings while the train was coming. Holy shit. They didn't survive that. They passed away on the tracks. The train, you know, obviously the train had pushed it down the tracks considerably I could imagine. So, so like, yeah. all you really saw was a, but, but I didn't realize that's what happened at first. And then, like, I looked out a few minutes later, probably about 20 minutes, half hour later, there was like 30 cops, Suffolk County cops, the, the Metro cops, the MTA cops. There's all people everywhere. Damn. All up and down. It was wild. So now, long story short, they blare those fucking horns when they're coming by my house. Yeah, I, I guess they maybe that's like the new little rule. I, I don't know, man. So it's happened. Shout out to uh, Vinny from Phobophilic. 
They were um they were they were they were they were doing all sorts of blaring train horns on that man during his interview and he withstood it. Well, that that's rather nice of him. You know, in Savannah, Georgia, where we are shopping for a home, there's an area called Midtown. Mm. And it's uh the the houses are rather close together there. Yeah. And um Gavin and I we were doing neighborhood hunting and we were staying in different neighborhoods for a few days at a time to see if we liked them. Smart. We were in Midtown. There are so many houses close together, so many streets, and there is a train, a freight train that runs right through it. A- apparently, it's not cost effective for them to actually put the cross guards down on each of these <laughs> hundred blocks. Oh, boy. So the train just travels at five miles an hour, and it blares its horn the entire time. It comes in at about 530 in the morning. Wow. So uh, at about 5.15, you hear it in the distance coming to disturb you. That's really convenient for a few people who have to wake up at exactly that time and really shitty for everyone else. It's kind of all over the map, too. The first time it was 5.30, the one before it was uh, the day after it was like four-ish. It was horrible. And this is a, uh, the property values are extremely high there. Mm -hmm. Couldn't understand it. I don't. I wouldn't know about that. That's the one that we want. That we we want those blaring trains in my neighborhood, man. They keep yeah, the after fucking that property story. value down. Well, that sucks. Listen, we talked about traveling. This great American state. These great American states of ours. Yeah. Going to the south, checking things out. Of course, living your life. Uh, I might be doing a little bit of that. Things also maybe you know it's convenient for someone. It's not convenient for someone else. Reeking aura. A band, people in three different states partake in. We rehearse in Long Island. It's convenient for me, not convenient for everyone else. But we're going to have to rehearse as we go on this great voyage through the South coming up. And we're going to be partaking in this voyage, supporting other great bands. Bands like Carrion Vale. Would you like to know more? I would. Ring-a-ding-ding-ding-dong. In the words of Dr. Dre with his smash hit single, Keep Their Heads Ringing. from Heavy Hole Podcast, and I'm here with uh, Travis, Al, and Trent of the band Carrion Vale from Richmond, Indiana. Did I get that right, guys? Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Thank you for your time, man. Welcome to Heavy Hole Podcast. Yeah, it's good to be here. Hello, hello. <laughs> uh, and I got a lot of questions, um, you know, right up to your uh, most recent album, Abhorrent Obsession on Unique Leader Records. Um, and some stuff before that and, uh, um, you know, coming up. But we usually do uh, a round of questioning about your uh, upbringing in terms of music and musical instruments and that sort of thing. Maybe uh, since we got three of you guys with us, you guys could each kind of go around circle briefly and tell me if there's musicians in your family or anyone who got you into heavy metal and hard music and around how old you were when you started playing an instrument or, or getting involved in some way, um, you know, more creatively. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Al, you go first. <laughs> um, so, uh, I think I started playing bass when I was around 14, 15. 
uh, I just friends in school were into metal. I was always into metal and, uh, uh, man, nobody had a bass player. So I started playing bass <laughs> <laughs> and that's, uh, that's basically how it happened. <laughs> Just kind of jumped into it. No. Um, okay, so I had uh, several family members that would play music back in the day. My cousin, Matt, he would uh, he played bass in a band called Dahmer. It's a little local band from Richmond, Indiana. And he really got me into like the whole like hardcore metal like scene when I was probably like nine or ten. <laughs> but uh yeah uh say my brother he also used to play in a band called like Fatum Regalis back in the day as well and that really influenced me to start writing riffs and playing guitar pretty seriously around like 13 14 so I've been play- playing for a pretty long while mm. um <laughs> <laughs> um my uh my family is uh pretty much all musicians uh, on my dad's side. Um, so my dad got me my first guitar when I was, you know, like five. Um, <clears throat> the, uh, and uh, be my cousin, Danny Purcell, he owned Georgetown mastering and um, recorded a bunch of uh, big artists and things. So uh, he was always kind of like looked up to in the family. So like I knew who he was, although I didn't really know him all that well but uh from there you know uh, the same friends that al had are really the same friends i had in high school so um you know i just picked up the originally i picked up the bass and then i switched over to guitar and now i'm doing vocals um but you know that's we just never stopped uh you know and me and al never stopped playing we just always played together for the most part Okay, does that kind of explain why the band dates back to two, as far back as 2008, um, really? Uh, but, you know, you've been so busy the last several years. Yeah, it's exactly yeah. what happened. Yeah, yeah. so um, uh, me and Al are kind of like original members. And when Carrie and Vogue first started out, it was, uh, we were just a lot younger. And uh, um, <clears throat> different people. To- yeah, totally different people. And then we kind of just stopped playing for a few years and then you know right around that 2007 area uh we really just were like hey let's let's do this and make it an actual like more serious thing okay and i i had to wonder because you know i was i i spent the afternoon listening to your uh three albums the first of which is 2017's uh resurrection of the doomed does the album title in some way like reflect that you guys were around so long and like you kind of were like at that point you resurrected the band and, and recorded an album and it was like a kind of a step up for, for the band, a new era. Um, yeah, that's a way better story. That's, that is yeah. a way better story. <laughs> so you are absolutely, absolutely correct. Yes. Never quite thought of it like that, but it works. I like it. Well, I mean, fa- fair, fair enough. But the way I see it, you know, looking at it, you know, you had that album, which was independent. Uh, then, of course, 2019 God Killer, which we will talk about uh, on Hargore Pain Death, which is a great label, but obviously um, Abhorrent Obsession being on Unique Leader, Unique Leader, just in, in terms of a business and what they what they provide for a band. You know, you guys are definitely on a certain trajectory from that point. Has there been a real effort in the band since 2016, 17 to say, hey, let's push this as far as we can? 
yeah. Uh, I, so. I think there was a, a figuring out of the business in a sense, like figuring out how to do it, figuring out what labels want, figuring out how to be successful. Um, and then that kind of like, as we figure things out, we get, you know, a little bit further on. Okay, fair enough, man. And, you know, you talked about that because you guys have done a fair amount of touring. I know you were just recently, if I got it right, you were just recently up in uh, Canada um, or or you're about to be, right? Uh, just got back. Just got back, yeah. That's right. So you guys have been on the road and, um, uh, you know, you, you kind of learn as as you go, go through. Like you said, there's a difference between kind of playing these DIY underground shows that we all love and we all play and sometimes being out on the road supporting bigger bands, playing the larger venues, making sure you get the load in on time and all that sort of thing. Did you guys have that kind of period where you, you saw that there was a different um, – different element to like the the metal scene in that in that industry way absolutely for sure um you know there's a certain way you have to to do things in order to truly be um working towards being uh successful or a certain level yeah a hundred percent man so getting back to where we kind of left off um talking about your first release and the history of the band i i got to credit to quickly my research you guys uh well travis anyway i believe it was you who did the interview with the doorway 2 magazine youtube channel and heavy new york youtube uh channel so i get my information from that and and uh, obviously metal archives and i know from that you said that richmond indiana is kind of like the best music scene in Indiana and um, has like a really rich music culture and live music culture uh, for a ta- for a ta- an area with maybe a smaller population. Is that fair? Yes. So somebody else just like a couple days ago um, who wasn't from Richmond, they asked me like what the best part of Richmond was. And like, what well, you know, and honestly, the real answer you're going to get for most people from Richmond, it's super small. It's only 30,000 people. Most people are going to say not much, but the truth is like, there is like uh, a rich musical culture here. Like, um, you know, it's the first place to do, to record black artists uh, in, you know, in jazz specifically, Um, you know, Gannett records was from here, but, you know, more recently, I mean, for a town, only 30,000 people, you know, we're here and we're on unique leader but also Wolf Tooth is here and they're on Napalm Records. And then I was just in the store today and my buddy Shane, who everybody knows, uh, who was the drummer. I mean, he was the, yeah, he was the drummer for 12 tribes, but also did some fill in European tours for like Shai Halud, who I loved a long time ago when I was a kid. And uh, he's done, you know, all kinds of touring. There's all kinds of guys like that from here. So it's, it's a really rich musical background for such a tiny little place. Yeah, because I. That's the, the, I'm sorry. Go ahead. So yeah, for, uh, for the the size of it, the the rock and metal scene here has always been pretty pretty solid, uh, comparative to larger cities. Yeah, like Indianapolis, for instance. Yeah, which, yeah. like I, I we got tons of friends up there and tons of followers, but like, um, you know, it's just there's so much to do up there that like when you come to Richmond and there's a good metal show, like everybody's coming, everyone's coming because they got nothing to do. You know? Fair enough, man. And, um, uh, so speak, the reason I bring that up, we kind of like left off you guys, are you guys all originally from the Richmond area? And do you kind of congregate in high school into, into this network of people that becomes Carrion Vale? Is that fair to say? 
Uh, it's fair to say when it comes to me and Al, yeah. yeah. Uh, now, Trent is from Richmond as well, but he's uh, a little younger than us. And then um, Chris is from Muncie. And um, uh, Ryan, the newest guitar player, is uh, from all the way up in South Bend. That boy has to drive about three hours for practice, yeah. which sucks. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, but hey, uphill both ways. We warned yeah. him, though. We warned him. <laughs> and that's uh, yeah. I got I, that's Ryan. If I got his name right, Cruder of uh, Severed Head Shop. Yeah, Ryan Co- Ryan Cooter Mellencamp. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah. I, I see you guys uh, did did uh, a run Tricky. with Severed Head Shop recently, right? Yeah, those yeah. dudes are awesome. Um, you know, great band. They just signed to uh, Everlasting, Ever, Spew. Yeah, Everlasting Spew. And uh, um, uh, so in Justin, actually, their drummer, he does some filling in for us on drums when when Chris can't make it to certain gigs. Uh, so, you know, we have a lot of ties with them. They're, they're, they're boys. Yeah, men's they're boys. boys for sure. Got it. Is, is that maybe one of the things you guys picked up along the way striving um, to be more in that professional circuit of things is the the idea of using session musicians and fill in musicians um, to take better advantage of opportunities. Well, man, it's uh, it, you have to almost. I like. Yeah, I feel like about every band we go out with now, there's at least one band using some session or fill in guys because, yeah. um, in order to live you like you know sometimes you have to miss a few things whether it's you know a drummer or whatnot um so but for the band for the people and nobody has egos and and in these bands i don't see much anymore like oh i you know um everyone's just cool like okay i can't do it get a fill in drummer or whatnot right. mm-hmm. so yeah definitely uh you have to have that if you want to keep moving forward yep yeah, fair enough, man. And it's admittedly something that my bands do very frequently um, to to make shows. Uh, it's it's obviously part of the game nowadays. And death metal is a tough, uh, tough racket. You know what I mean? So not everybody yeah, can always make every gig. Um, so getting yeah. getting back to your releases, something I really wanted to get into, um, and being respectful of the fact that that we got the three of you guys here, not uh, not just I, I would assume Travis writes the lyrics. Um, but God Killer had some really interesting subject matter. You went in depth on it in those un- other interviews I credited, but I wanted to get this out for my listeners on Heavy Hole Podcast that you really, there's a little bit more going on in the lyrics, especially with, with God Killer, you reference um, L. Ron Hubbard, Jack Parsons, I believe is the guy's name, um, and this whole idea that they, they were conducting rituals in the desert to, to bring about the Antichrist. This is I, I'm getting this accurately, right? Yeah, that's uh, that's pretty much spot on. So the, the album is kind of like a uh, it is a, a retelling of the story of Jack Parsons, who was a, a rocket scientist and also one of the main uh, people in the um, Thelema um, religious, which is, a, you know, religion based around magic, uh, um, Aleister Crowley's uh, religion. Um, so. Uh, <clears throat> You know, Jack Parsons met L. Ron Hubbard and L. Ron was uh, he was a bit of a swindler. I don't know if you've ever listened to his uh, his speeches or anything, but he, he'll have you believe in uh, at the end. He's pretty good. Um, but, uh, you know, him, they went in the desert, and did drugs for like 11 days, basically. And the goal was to uh, it's called the Moonchild happening, if I, I remember right. And the goal was to summon the Antichrist. So then Jack could uh, have a baby with him and that baby would be the uh the antichrist the scarlet woman 
summon the Scarlet Woman so he could have a, a baby with a hat, then birth the Antichrist. So I kind of gave it like a bit of a comic book spin on, on that one. It wasn't, you know, like 100%, but the story is just super interesting if you ever get a chance to, to listen to it. You know, Aleister Crawley was a, definitely a power bottom. And uh, he believed that uh, uh, he definitely believed that magic came from came from the backside. So uh, there's wow. a lot of super interesting uh, shit in that story. Wow. OK, because we we delve into the occult here and there. We've had bands that are more like a cult lifestyle type guys, bands that kind of just study it on a lyrical. matter. Would you say that like a cult or practicing the occult is in any way part of Carrion Vale or is it more just like an interesting subject matter? more of just an interesting subject yeah. matter you know like i uh I, I just i find shit interesting and then i'll get really into it and read a million books on it and um then you know I'll write lyrics about it same way with the you know serial killers and things like that fair enough man i you know i i can relate and you know just just quickly i don't want to dwell on it but um I do remember from one of those other interviews, you said that, I, I believe you said you read about 10 books uh, uh, related to the subject, if I got it right, for for the God Killer material. Um, we, we we do talk books from time to time on the podcast. Um, I was wondering if maybe you just want to name maybe just a few, two or three um, that you'd be willing to share that that in some way influenced or inspired the lyrics. Yeah, so like, um, just I read a lot, uh, I read like stories of um of jack parsons uh, there are i cannot remember, i have the books at the house i can't remember the names of those books but you know i read other books like alistair crawley's the book of lies and um the uh the book moonchild ritual all of which is super uh uh it's like like super hard to follow like a lot of that shit is um it's just kind of words uh bundled together but like um books like that uh that you know a lot of it was just uh, uh biographical stuff on jack parsons that you know told this story in in depth and i wish i had those books in front of me but i just can't remember what they're called oh got it man fair enough and we encourage the listeners to check i'm sure a lot of the listeners are going to have to look up some of these things now just based on some of the um uh the, the headlines we, we were just talking about but but fair enough, man. I just wanted to touch on that briefly so people were aware of that. And maybe in a way to move forward, because I know we're, we're really pushing Abhorrent Obsession right now, because that's the brand new album from this year on Unique Leader Records. And something I found interesting, and maybe a, a way that um, the other members of the band could, could chime in now, too. I don't know. I understand you guys went from a drop tuning in the past to, to now using a B standard tuning on this album. And that's kind of opened you up in some ways. I'll let Trent talk about that one. Yeah, <laughs> sure. So the drop tuning, I felt really limited, like scale wise when writing material. And I decided one day to just be like, oh, let's just tune it back up to standard. Fuck it. And it's really just opened up a lot of doors for me musically to just like dabble in every field that I want to. Okay, well, because then the follow-up question I have with that, having listened to um, Abhorrent Obsession today, is that kind of why there, there seems to be a big symphonic black metal influence, uh, undercurrent maybe, if, if that's fair to say? Um, yeah, there definitely is. I've always had an obsession with uh, like the symphonic and orchestral type like music. 
Like it's always been a really big thing to me. Yeah, I, there's a lot of like I've talked before on the podcast about maybe um, obtained enslavement and a, a few other bands I'm, I'm familiar with that do that. But I thought it was interesting the way you guys blended in because going going back, you know, I think it's fair to say you always have that melodic death metal sound, maybe influenced by the Swedish bands. Um, well, here, here's something I wanted to ask too. Respectfully, uh, is it fair to say that the Black Dahlia murder? may have played uh, an inspiration or influence in the early days of the band? Uh, I would say absolutely. Yeah, I'd say so. I was heavily influenced <laughs> by Black Dahlia back in my teen years. and I'm still a fan. Yeah, I'm still a fan, obviously. Like, I love those guys. Of course. <laughs> Okay, of of course, because, and, you know, I, like I say that, res um, of course, respectfully, but having listened to it, um, you know, you hear a little bit of, of that uh, melodic death metal sound and it would only be right too, I think, given your guys' generation and, and the way you come 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 of age um, playing this music. But now with this album, you've really kind of hit a stride, maybe a new era of the band, a new sound. I heard Travis say that uh, the unfortunate timing of the release of God Killer with the pandemic, which limited your ability to, to play live, obviously, it gave you time to find yourselves, I think is what you said. Is that in terms of like the music and um, that sort of thing? Yeah, that's exactly yeah, what yeah. I meant. Yeah. Um, <clears throat> when 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 everything shut down, um, you know, we kind of expanded writing at home or more so, you know, Trent did. And then he would like send me more and more stuff. And then that's when we just started adding more of that symphonic stuff. And then, um, you know, uh, the devil and me was the first song that was finished on the abhorrent obsessions album. And like, you know, from there, we just kept adding, you know, more symphonic stuff and finding ourselves even more. And uh, I'm really excited about the next album. Cause it's a lot of that is written and, um, we're taking it even further, like doing even more. So mm -hmm. uh, we're still finding ourselves, but definitely the shutdown actually helped us in that regard. But uh, For sure. everything else about the shutdown sucked. But uh. yeah, <laughs> well, of course. But um, it's it's good that at least you were able to take advantage of the time and use it to to benefit the band. Um, tr Travis, having started out as, as a guitarist and transitioning to a vocalist out of necessity for the band, do you still play a part in the writing? in the music no so um trent writes almost everything uh but it, he'll send it to me and uh being a being a vocalist i'll i'll look i'll listen to it and and say um you know I, I can see it through kind of fresh eyes and i'll say okay well vocally doing this and this and this would help me or you know the song is you know it needs a part here to be to like to make it more interesting make it grow yeah yeah so you know usually he'll send it to me and then i'll you know send him notes or come over to his house and like we'll you know knock it out the rest of the way and then we send it to everybody else and that's pretty much the writing process but uh ha having that guitar background and bass background uh does help me like understand what you know is going on in the music as more than just a vocalist Oh, okay, got it. And um, now talking about the instrumental part of the band, something that we do like to get into on the podcast is kind of like gear breakdowns. 
Um, you know, I'm not asking you to give up any game or any tricks of the trade uh, or, you know, exhaust yourselves with every little um, guitar chord and input-output wire you have, but maybe a, just a breakdown of some of your favorite pedals um, and, and some of the stu stuff in terms of amps that you used to record the album. Uh, what did we use? Swan on the album? Yeah, the... the yeah, the album is recorded direct and then reamped in through a uh, a Splon Nitro with a, a t just a TS9 in front of it. Um, the it was a Marshall 1968 cab. Right? Yeah, that was and it was a Marshall 1968 cab with your your standard uh, G12 75s. Um, the uh, the bass is a the bass is a a Spectre Euro five with the uh, the tone pump preamp, which is the the one I prefer uh tone wise and then uh that was reamped through a dark glass which is also what he uses live uh and then uh you know uh guitar wise uh, we use uh a bit rough with strandbergs. strandbergs yeah strandbergs with your 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 uh, fluence pickups in them live we use kempers um and actually our our profile live is a um is an angle, uh, an angle Powerball, you know, so, uh, pretty, pretty clean sounding setup. Uh, drum wise, we use Pearl pretty much, uh, across the board with minor symbols. Um, we don't, we, we're pretty, we're pretty basic. Uh, really, we don't, we don't have a whole lot of pedal stuff going on or anything like that. Okay. Uh, got it. And, um, the, the, I also, you know, you guys, there's, there's obviously it's a very melodic band. We talked about how there's these symphonic parts on the newer album. Um, are all those like synthesizer based things like patches or, or in, in studio things, uh, like in, I guess you would say, uh, software based synthesizers. Is it, it's all, it's, uh, yeah. So it is, it's, uh, East West, the, uh, orchestral, it's like a massive plug-in. I cannot remember everything about it. <laughs> like everything you could ever want for writing orchestral pieces. Okay, fair enough. Does anyone have like a background in um, classical music or something like in school? Maybe I don't know. Uh, honestly, no. I kind of just do everything by ear, and if it sits right, I'm like, hell yeah, <laughs> <laughs> awesome, man. Uh, well, because I, I also got here that if I got right, Travis, you do live sound. Is it the uh, EB Club, E Three Club, E O E Street? Yeah, E Street. I'm e sorry. Club. Okay. So I, I, um, you know, I, I did, uh, I did run live sound. I was, I, uh, I started a little sound company, and um, boy, that shit's fucking hard, and it sucks. <laughs> uh, and so. Uh, you know, I've got a ton of equipment and now we use, we do our, our practice setup is just way too big for a, but that's all I use it for anymore. I love running sound, but that's a hard job, man. Uh, shout out to sound guys everywhere uh, because they, they don't get the, they don't get the respect they deserve because that shit's rough. I, I agree, man. I, I always try to give a little shout to the sound engineer if one of my bands performs because they do have a hard job um, some, sometimes, especially you never know what, what other musicians are putting them through, you know, who come through town. Oh, man. You know? Yeah. Um, well, speaking of live shows, something else I got from one of those interviews. Now, respectfully, 
Uh, and all due respect to this man, Pat O'Brien uh, of Cannibal Corpse fame apparently attended one of your guys' shows in your hometown of oh, Indiana yeah. at one point. Is that true? That's true. Yeah, he yeah. came to the uh, Workers show that we yeah, did. It was uh, yeah. us and Workers and uh, who else was it? Uh, I think Wolftooth, maybe. I can't remember who. I don't, was it Wolftooth? No, I don't think so. No, it was a. It was a mostly just all like death metal or thrash metal. But yeah, Pat uh, out of nowhere just showed up. It really is mind blowing. Really surprising <laughs> to see Pat O'Brien walk into East Street Pub in Richmond, Indiana. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> did you get to meet him? Yeah, 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 super, super, super nice. Family. Yeah, yeah. Wow. Okay. Chill. Awesome, man. That that's great to hear, man. Uh, big shout to him. Love to speak to him one day, man. You never know. I think he's he isn't he back working with a different band now. Uh, I'm not entirely sure. Yeah, I thought, uh, you know I, the yeah. name is escaping me right now for some reason, but yes, he is. I, th- uh, I thought I saw something about that in in a news uh, news blip on online somewhere. If you well, well, you, shout to him. You know what was awesome about Pat? Uh, without, like, he didn't, he wasn't, he definitely wasn't looking for attention. He was just there to watch metal, which is cool. Yeah. But he bought merch from every single band. Yeah. Every single local band he bought merch from and, like, and talked to everybody. Talked to everybody. Like, he was super cool, man. And, like, super genuine person. Yeah. yeah. And, like, but, like, just, he probably could have got all that merch for free and, <laughs> and like but no he he paid he paid for every piece and like you know i think he bought two shirts off us or something like that. it was yeah, awesome so. super cool guy fair enough man well that's that's good to hear man um uh, glad glad to hear uh that he's also working with a, a new band i gotta look that up man get some more info on the on the Sorry, podcast <laughs> what was that uh i i, I got a find out too it's driving me crazy because i know who it is i can't think of it i I read something man but regardless man um i just thought that was a cool story man um with with guy with a a kind of a positive tip man you know um we don't necessarily always need to see people getting sensationalized out there and that sort of thing man um so moving forward uh as you guys are now on unique leader like i said kind of in the beginning of the interview you guys had this trajectory where like the if i got it right the first album was independent second album is horror gore pain death which is a very respectable underground label uh and then now you're on unique leader which is obviously a step up in terms of in business what they can provide uh certain things for the band having been on unique leader now um, I mean, do you want to comment on that and just like what, cause maybe there's a lot of listeners and fans who don't understand the difference, don't understand necessarily what it means to, to be on certain labels. Like what's, what's the big difference to you guys and what have you seen? Um, you want me to go? I'll take it. So, um, you know, Mike over at, uh, you know, uh, poor, uh, HPGD, like s- super awesome guy. And like, was it was the real straightforward and we would have happily released another album there uh but when we got the opportunity to go over to unique i mean it just makes sense but the 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 first thing you'll like i noticed was just like there's a team for everything like there's an you know art there's the you know the president and it's you know the president is maddie way like you know the art guy is, is scott rudd along with uh that name is escaping me but like there's this there's teams for everything and uh you know things uh it's a little easier to get certain things done and uh and if if something needs done you can always uh message them and you know the you know the your 
likely to get it done for you, which is awesome. But uh, just putting, you know, we're releasing similar music, but just having that name behind us uh, automatically gives you some uh, credibility, which is cool. But, uh, you know, Jamie and all those guys, they've, they've been super good to us. Mm-hmm. And uh, we, we couldn't ask for anything better as far as that goes. Fair enough, man. Um, I besides, obviously we know. Um, and I was going to shout it out at the end of the interview too. I'm I'm in reeking aura, and that's you know we we're going to be yeah. collaborating on a few days together. That's kind of the the inception um, of of us collaborating a little here right now. I'm also in a band, Afterbirth, from Long Island. We put out two albums on Unique Leader. Um, mm-hmm. And w- what I found was that. Uh, what changes the game, not just Unique Leader, but a lot of these underground labels or even my uh, Profound Lore, who Reeking Aura is working with, a lot of it is about distribution and, like you said, having that stamp of approval because it's not like you're just yeah. run, running, taking a name and running with it. You've kind of been curated by that label and you have to live up to it. You know, it's, it's, um, it's a working relationship. For sure. Yeah, definitely. So they picked us up like uh, Unique Leader picked us up just kind of like um, real quickly there at the end. I mean, we had the whole album done and everything was done and they kind of just heard it and they just shot us a message and they were like, Hey, uh, uh, Scott specifically just was like, Hey man, this is really good. Like, would you be interested in, you know, being signed? And we were like, yep. And then <laughs> like, uh, then they like uh, one phone call later uh, and they were like, cool. Uh, we're going to sign you. Here's when we're going to release it. Just send me this, send us the stuff. And this, so this second CD, I think is where we're going to really like get a, like a, even more like of a full, a full gambit of things. So, uh, you know, so I, I totally agree with what you're saying. Uh, you know, it's, you know, everything you just said is true. Yeah, man. Just, uh, just also, you know, just for some of the listeners who may be more on the fan or collector side of things and don't know the inner workings of bands and labels and that sort of thing, it's it's interesting to give that side of things. Um, and like I said, you know, just you guys have been very generous with your time. Um, as we wind down, uh, like I've like I said, uh, reeking aura and you, uh, you guys, Carrie and Vale, we're going to be touring with Hath uh, November eighth through the twelfth. We're hitting Philly, um, Tennessee twice uh pittsburgh and a date to be announced people can obviously check that out on social media and look for all your albums and all all your stuff that you guys are doing on your social media and i'll give you the opportunity to plug and promote anything else you got going on at the end but what i always close out with if you guys want to each go around and take a turn um and just recommend an older recording and a newer recording of anything you like a demo an album metal or otherwise we always just close out with um the guests recommending something old and something new to listen to Um, by the way, we're super excited to go out with you guys and, and Hath, uh, Hath came through Richmond, um, and they, you know, they chilled at my house and stuff and, uh, they were, you know, awesome. So going out with them now is just awesome. And you guys being on there, we're super stoked about it. Um, as far as something old and something new, fuck Al, you go first. As far as something old, I always go, you know. Cannibal Corpse is one of my favorite bands of all time. Uh, uh, Gallery of Suicide being one of my personal favorite albums. I really like the title track off that one a lot. I, I don't know what in particular I like about that one more than the others, but that one's always just uh, stuck out for me. Um, 
something new. Um, uh, the new, the newest Cycroptic uh, has been really awesome. Uh, I really like the album artwork. Really wrote me into that one. Um, solid, solid album. Yeah, what, what is that? Was that, is that was it called Divine Entity? I, f- I forget something like that. Uh, something like that. Yeah, with the, uh, the the guy's face in the waterfall. I, yeah, I, I, it's I, got yeah. awesome artwork. <laughs> but uh, great album, great uh, album. Yeah, fantastic. Trent, uh, I got a I got a shout out. Fleshed God, Apocalypse, mm. the Mafia. That's great. Um, and I do got a shout out. My boys in Apic. They're from Canada, where we've been in talks about some things. There's some really great guys, great musicians. Uh, what, so, uh, <laughs> what band was that again? I'm sorry. Could you spell it? Was it was? Could you spell the band name? So, so it's uh, it's kind of a weird. It's like it's an A and E, but it's like together. Uh, I don't know what you would call that. <laughs> yeah, yeah, <laughs> but I know, it's like I know, yeah, I know what you mean. A E P O C H. Okay. They're. They've been around for, I think, I think I was talking to Brad about it. Like, they've been around for like ten years, roughly, but they've really started picking up themselves recently, and they've really like brought their guns with their new material. It sounds awesome. Okay, man. And now, where you guys are now, I'm gonna I'm gonna reveal myself. Well, I just a quick quick Indiana question before we 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 get back to the the recommendations and I'm going to reveal my ignorance a little bit geographically. Are you guys very close to Canada, parts of Canada in terms of being able to travel and play shows back and forth easily? 6 hours? Oh. Like roughly 6 hours. We got to what, Toronto. Yeah. Toronto 6 hours, yeah. So we can get to Toronto in 6 hours. Fairly okay. quick. All but right, cool. We go right we go right through Detroit, so you know, getting up there and doing a couple shows on the way, no big deal. Okay, fair enough, man. Because I noticed you guys—you guys got the ca- Canadian tour you just did. You're shouting out um, APOC. F- uh, fair enough. So, um, um, my bad. Re- uh, let's resume the recommendations. Uh, so me being a vocalist, I'll 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 change it up a little bit. Uh, um, <clears throat> one of my uh, lyrically content, like there's a there's a underground rapper who uh, named Sage Francis. Um, He's got some super old stuff that was like early 2000s um, um, personal journalists and things like that. Like it, like um, I love that, that stuff lyrically and like that kind of shit inspires me to write, write metal uh, also cage and, you know, um, any, anything from the weatherman crew, all that stuff really inspires me to, to make cooler metal. Uh, so that would be like my older recommendation. And I'm going to go local on this, uh, on my latest because, uh, my, my homie Shane and all those guys, uh, they just released a video yesterday. Uh, they played a band called, uh, rattlesnake venom trip. And it's just kind of like, uh, I don't even, I don't even know, like a mixture of stoner and like speed metal. <laughs> I don't know, but it's, oh. it's really good. Um, you should be able to find that video, which has got, just came out yesterday. Uh, and, uh, super nice guys. All of them are from other bands like, uh, 12 tribes and, and stuff like that, who were, you know, early two thousands, hardcore in the vein of like poison the well. Um, so, uh, 
that would be my recommendations. Okay, awesome. And, and 12 Tribes, I do remember them from back in the day. A friend of mine, uh, Tom Ander, actually, from Reeking Aura, who was a little bit more in tune with what was going on with hardcore and metalcore in the 2000s, put me on to them. Are they from your area? They're from Dayton, and we're 30 minutes away from Dayton. So, like, um, you know, all those all those dudes. Uh, um, I mean, I, I was uh, – Al, me and Al used to be in a band called Coraline, and um, – uh, it's funny that I, I believe now, I don't want anybody to quote me on this, but uh, uh, I believe the Devil Wears Prada did their very first show, uh, like opening up for Coraline. <laughs> so uh, and they're, you know being right there from, you know, being those guys being right there from Dayton, it's just 30 minutes away. Um, you know, so there's like even more musical ties to this area. Got it, got it, man. And it's it's good to to hear that and to give it uh um it's it's just do a little bit, man, because people might not always uh think of that particular regional scene, man. But there's always there's always things going on that you don't realize. Um and yeah. and so guys, I really appreciate your time and being respectful of your time. Is there anything else that we're looking to get in this episode out October fourteenth? I don't know if you have any shows you want to promote or anything like that, or any quick shout outs or anything else before we, we wrap up um october 21st um uh well i will tell you i don't know if i should i'm supposed to tell you this but uh um we are dropping another video october 21st um that's being uh that's being released through a premiered through decibel um and that's all i'm going to say about that uh other than the video is fucking awesome and um and then we play in Chicago at Magoo's, Magoo's on the 21st, uh, 22nd, 22nd, October 22nd at Magoo's Ohio's death fest three. Yeah. And then also somewhere on the 21st. Uh, so yeah. Uh, it up yeah. I think it's, um, I, I think it's like Lafayette or something, but yeah, definitely Magoo's on the 22nd. And also we're releasing that video on the 21st so just keep your eyes out on yep. the um north end pub lafayette on the 21st yep okay got it man if people are in the area they should definitely go check that out um travis al and trent uh, of carrion vale i really appreciate your guys time looking forward to uh working together uh, on the road people should check out that tour and all the stuff you got going on uh thanks a lot guys we'll, we'll be in touch soon right oh man i appreciate you thanks for having us man Tom, most of the time, do it. No, I'm just, I'm just playing. I'm glad Tom's here with us. Shout out to the rest of the Heavy Hole Podcast team. Uh, speaking of teams, Justin's still on the uh, the softball thing. I He's, think they're playing catch up. A couple weeks in a row, they're doing doubles. Is that it? Yeah. I don't know much about softball. Is this a drinking activity allegedly? I think so. Yeah, it's I mean, I actually, a- I have gone to one of these games before, and I brought a cooler, and I was drinking, and I thought I'd be the cool kid, but everyone huh. was doing that. So, I yeah, I'm even thinking it might be a shrooming thing at this point. Who the hell knows with these guys? Um, but big shout to Justin and the rest of the Heavy Hole Podcast team, Rick and Dave and the whole gang out there, Sam. 
Um, like I said, you you start a band with me, you got to do a podcast at some point. That's just how it goes. It's a big family. Uh, but speaking of family, a longtime supporter decided to alleviate of us of our duties tonight and give the recommendos himself. Oh, let's do it. Hey, guys. It's Steve here, a.k.a. Panic Chords. Hey, a uh, couple of recommendations for you. Um, first of all, a band called Myco, which is spelled M-I-C-O. Their recent album's called Ziggurat, um, like a pyramid, you know, Ziggurat. It's fucking great. It's fucking good grindcore. Um, and the other recommendation is a band that took me a little while to get into, man, but fuck these guys deliver. Hexis from Denmark, from Copenhagen. H-E-X-I-S. You probably know about them. But I don't know. They seem to fall under the radar quite a bit. Um, third album just came out last Friday. It's called Aeternus. It's a Latin word. It's A-E-T-E-R-N-U-S. I think. Um, fuck, man. Their first two albums were good. And all of the EPs, other heaps of EPs and splits, uh, including splits with like Primitive Man. And all that shit's good. But fuck, this new album is just lays waste to everything in its path. It's really fucking good, eh? Um, black and hardcore for fans of Siberian Hell Sounds, maybe Young and in the Way, although it's probably a little bit more hardcore than Young and in the Way with, a bit more on the black metal side. Um, can't say enough good things about both of those albums. So, Myco, M-I-C-O, the album's called Ziggurat, and Hexis, H-E-X-I-S, the album's called Aeternus. Um, both Wicked albums, can't recommend highly enough. And um, just wanted to say, too, you guys do a fucking fantastic job with the podcast. I love your work. I listen to every episode. It's fucking awesome. I really dig it. Um, yeah, so as far as podcasts go, you're my favorite one. Ah, Chords, love it. Thank you very much for the recommendations and for sticking with us all this time. We appreciate the support uh, and the commendations. Um, now, Tom... I think we're going to get into these recommendations a little bit uh, and and treat them as if they were our own. This is uh, Miko's Ziggurat. Pretty intense. Interesting stuff there, man. A lot going on. Not not easy to pigeonhole in one genre. No, I mean it's definitely one of those things you could easily just call grind, but it's uh, I don't know. Lo- it has this like hardcore element to it. Reminded me a lot of some of the um, kind of screechy '90s pre-screamo, pre-metalcore kind of bands that I'm, I'm into. Um, that we talk about sometimes on the podcast. And then there's this, like, it kind of sounds like that 90s screechy hardcore thing, but with some very straightforward black metal and death metal, like, updated influences. Yeah, I hear a bit of, like, that, like, Rochester, Ed Gain kind of shit in mm-hmm. this. Okay. Um, which okay. I like. I like this, like, howling nature kind of stuff. Too bad Justin's playing softball, because I feel like this is right up his alley. Yeah, we're, we're over here playing hardball, Yeah, all right? Enough <laughs> enough is enough. But yeah, this is really cool shit. And uh, one thing I like is the production 
it sounds organic and you know fairly live. You can picture this being a real band in a room, but it's yeah. airtight and it's, it's very heavy. It's, yeah. it's well produced, uh -huh. but it still has a raw rock element to it. You know, it's not um, uh, too too sterile or whatever, man. You know, this is this is a really cool band, and it's definitely something that merits uh, probably more than one listen to understand exactly what's going on here. Yeah, we're we're. Uh... We're flying in close. But yeah. First impressions, very solid. Yeah. Thank you to Panacords for the recommendo. This let's, is a solid let's one. Let's check out his other ones. We got um, Hexus Eternum. Not what I expect from this album cover. Took, took the words out of my mouth. I was expecting some something behemothy. Looks Viking. It looks yeah. black metal, but it sounds. I want to compare it to some of the more brooding, sludgy hardcore bands uh, that I've gotten into over the years. Like there, it's there's something kind of sludgy and core about this in a way, not in like a deathcore way. No, no. Or dude. it's it's like it's like that kind of like I uh, see. I hate to bring up other bands and do like direct comparisons, but there's something. Thank you for that beer, sir. Yeah, of course. There's something about this that reminds me a little bit of like Bloodlet. I want to say, and it has to do with the. Um, deliberately paced tempos and 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 time signatures and uh, the the way the riffs are every, everything is like I said deliberately paced and not necessarily slow but drawn out in a way. You know what it is when you have a when you have a um, a bass that's that distorted and like boomy sounding that's probably part of it it too. definitely gives an illusion of slowness because you can't play it fast like mm. if you ever seen napalm death live they sound fucking terrible because <laughs> like shane is playing this really high speed bass shit over you know just just a super grumbly tone and like this is a tone that's similar if you want that tone to sound good you gotta play like this guy is on this song you gotta hold back a bit deliberately the pick each note this is interesting, and again, I'm gonna say I feel like I feel like we're not getting the full picture. We we we're flying in close to this. It's a recommendo from from Panic Chord. Shout out to him. But yeah, I definitely feel like um, there's more to explore on this album. We got to give this a proper listen, and I hope the listeners do too, man. This is very interesting music. I like this. It's like it's like I said. There's a little bit of that kind of southern sludgy hardcore thing going on in there, but there's more metal to be found. I feel like too. Yeah, sludgy and epic. That uh, Hexus man. That's cool shit. I, I will look further into that. Thank you to Panic Chords for those yeah, recommendations man. tonight. And thanks for listening. Yeah, and thank you to Carrion Vale. For everything they do, uh, and for the time tonight, I, I enjoyed that interview. Uh, just like I enjoyed their music, I hope the listeners check out all the music we discussed um, in the interview, just as uh, all the music that Panic Chords recommended. 
Um, and if you're in town, there's also a few things. Well, if you're in a few different towns, there's a few things I wanted to recommend. I am um, possibly out of town for some sort of a family situation. I'm not going to delve into this weekend, so I'm going to miss a few good shows. But I'm not going to let that stop me from uh, pimping them for you guys. Let me just see for a second here. I pumped it up on the nycmetalscene.com website, which you can always go to if you're looking for metal shows. Not just in New York City, but... Um, Long Island, New Jersey, and beyond other areas in New England and down the East Coast. Matt really covers a lot with that nycmetalscene.com. Pardon me. And there's a few I want to talk about this weekend. If you're listening to this episode when it comes out on the 7th, um, I mentioned uh, an episode or two ago uh, when I had Sam co-hosting with me. The annual benefit for ALS and Lou Gehrig's disease featuring 25th Mission, uh, original gossip and more at the Village Pub in Lindenhurst here on Long Island, New York, Saturday, October 8th, 2022. Um, obviously a, a, a charitable event. 25th Mission, kind of a slept on uh, uh, class, like old school heavy metal hard rock group from Long Island that is um, worth your time and checking out. A lot of shows going on on Saturday, October the 8th, um, also including um, Night of the Pale Moon presents A Sortilage of Hell, Lamp of Murmur, Siege Column, uh, Maleficent, Yellow Eyes at St. Vitus in Brooklyn, New York. Man, I would love to go to that. That, yeah, that's that's a creepy show yeah. there. Um, if you're feeling a little bit more down down in, in the streets, you can go to Saturday, October 8th, 2022, E-Town Concrete at Starland Ballroom in New Jersey, baby. That's one I'm going to have to uh, shed a tear uh, to, have, to have missed, man. Um, uh, but regardless, um, Saturday, October the 8th, also the contortionist language and exoplanet in their entirety at Gramercy Theater in Manhattan, New York. You know, we were supposed to have Mike from the contortionist on the show. And um, big time in us. No, no, I'm, he, I'm kidding. Disclaimer. He's a sweet guy. He used to be in that band joking. Last Chance to Reason. And I'm he agreed joking. to do the show and then something happened. I think... I think it was like right when COVID hit or something. We didn't know it was happening. A lot of people agree to do the show, and then I feel like one of my ops gets to them. I, I'm a paranoid man. There's a lot going on behind the scenes between my ears. All well, right? That's all I'm going to say. It's fun. I got ops out there. But regardless, uh, I'm not even going to be worried about them. Sunday, October the 9th, 2022, when you go to see Nunslaughter, the Black Mariah, and Tombstoner at the old King's Land in Brooklyn, New York there. Uh, that should be a going on. What about? Do you remember that? Um, let the body sit the floor song. Oh yeah, energy Drowning drinks. Cool. They're there. Yeah, they're out. They're still. They're still around. Amazing. Good. Yeah. I'm happy for them. Okay, man. Yeah, whatever. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sorry, dude. Check this out. Um, I, I I'm reading off the same website as you. Yeah, yeah, yeah. October 10th at St. Vitus, you got lotion. Now, Justin oh. brought in that band Lotion. Oh, and this is that's an interesting lineup, though. And Multi multinational co corporations. That's a band from India. And then Igor Cavalera, which what is it like a like a solo set? Well, that's interesting because two days later, the Cavalera conspiracy or the Cavalera brothers are playing in Huntington at the Paramount on the twelfth. Oh, that's, they're probably so. I guess Igor's town, doing man. some sort of so. That's interesting. Okay. All right, Igor, we see you, man. Yeah, that's right. The um, I don't know if I'm going to blow up any spots, but shout out to the band who's going to be opening up for the Cavalera Brothers in Huntington at the Paramount. You're going to have to wait and see, though. I don't want to blow up any spots. I talked to one of them. Um, but also the Smashing Pumpkins and Jane's Addiction at Madison Square Garden in Manhattan, Wednesday, October 19th. That's an interesting one. 
Yeah, I'd say so. Uh, oh, chat pile sold out at St. Vitus. Good for them. Hey, we interviewed them before yeah. before they sold out St. Vitus. <laughs> <laughs> oh boy, Sabaton at MGM Music. What do you at, at Fenway Boston? Friday, October twenty first. What do you feel about Sabaton? I never got into them. Um, I've heard a few songs. It's fine. I don't really have an opinion. What about Accept? Accept actually. You showed me Accept. I knew about Accept. Yeah. But, um, yes, I knew of Accept. And then you brought in, like, an album they had done recently, like, two years ago. They're going to be out in Patchogue, Friday, October 21st, tough guy. Oh, all right? I, in Patchogue. It's going to be all retired cops and firefighters getting drunk. I'm reading this thing, and I'm resisting just reading off all of them, like like a kid on a highway who's reading all the signs. Oh, I know. Loud, no, no, yeah. you, that, this is something I've learned. You got you to skim. Well, what about this? Wednesday, October 26th, you got Napalm Death, Bruheria, Frozen Soul, MDC at the Broken Goblet. In Ben Salem, Pennsylvania. That now Frozen Soul, that's a big look for them to be on tour with Napalm Death and Bruheria. Good for them too. Yeah, I shout to them. That's cool, man. We gotta reach out to them. I think we might have missed the window for Frozen Soul. I'm gonna hit them up right now. We've been we've been um don't blow up spots, Tom. I'm gonna yeah, do we right we've now. been we've been surfing the young bands, trying to desperately big will out here, desperately trying to stay relevant by interviewing Maul and Phobophilic and all these other all these younger bands. Um straight ahead forward about it. I'm not going to hide it. So yeah, we got to we got to get on some we got to we got to ride the hype train too here on Heavy Hole Podcast, all right? I'm not being fake with you motherfuckers out there. I'm sorry, Tom shouldn't have given me the whiskey. Uh Derkada, Force of Darkness, Concrete Winds, Oath of Cruelty at St. Vitus Bar Saturday, October 29th. Uh you got Halloween plans? Uh, I don't. We'll go down there and check it out, man. Why not? Guar, Light the Torch, Crowbot, Necro Goblin at Irving Plaza, Monday, October 30th. Halloween's on a Monday this year. Uh, that's not good. Yeah. I got this whole outfit. Really? Do nah, tell. Uh, it's not really much of an outfit. Uh, oh boy. That's that's even it's, that's even more do tell. It's right? shorts. I'm I'm being a little boy. I'm being a a, bo- a young boy from an anime. Oh. As a joke. I'm layering it on thick. This is and you know what? Getting... It's not a joke, actually. I'm doing it because I like anime. Apparently. We're going way too more into the slam gore grind territory than I really like to go now. This that's right. It's 2022. Gore grind is canceled. It's all it's hentai now. It's just let's not. Let's not. Yeah. Let's leave it in the 90s. No, no, not mu- musically. I'm to- like that. That uh, anime meets any kind of z- resemblance of heavy metal. Yeah. Um, I think it's very gross and disgusting. I feel like Europe, the band Europe. Yeah. I feel like bands like that loan their music to anime better than like conventional heavy metal. Yeah, I, I agree. Final um, countdown style thing, you know. But I'm not an anime guy. I feel like I like to me. It's kind of like that's checking. That's that's accessorizing too much as a big fat guy. Yeah, that that was. Yeah, that's not a good. Uh, I already got the death metal. I already wear sweatpants. Uh, you know, I, I, we should go to a convention yeah. and do a live podcast. <laughs> Let's hit up like an, the an, an anime convention. And just ask people what they think of it. We'll do like fucking uh, dumb old uh, metal sucks, dude. They do a guy on the street and they go, "What do you think of heavy metal?" And like they try to catch people off. Uh, yeah. Let's do it at a at an anime convention. I bet you we're probably gonna find way i bet you we're gonna just convert me into an anime guy oh, by God. the end of the week well, don't like, watch don't i'll watch. like them better no i'm just playing going like blind listeners. will yeah I, you gotta say oh i don't even know what this shit looks like you know you know one time obviously years ago i was uh um artificial brain was on tour when i was in the band <laughs> and and i uh 
Uh, somebody with some of the the other bands that were on the tours, a couple of people ended up going to a goth club down oh. there in in uh, I want to say it was in Tampa, Florida. Um, and I went along. I said I want to see the goth club. Why not? Yeah, yes. Say la vie. Yolo, Ro- Yolo, yeah. right? Went in Rome, mm-hmm. and I realized when I walked in there, there was like there, there was some characters in there. There was some people doing their thing. Mm. I said. I fucked up by not wearing the space goggles. Oh yeah, dude, they would have loved you. I yeah, I felt like such a like a wallflower, man. I should have mm. yeah, dude. So that was yeah, that was my one experience in a goth. I know that's not the same as anime convention. I'm it's not trying close to sound, enough. yeah, I mean, but it was like it's, you know, it's a similar spirit animal. Yeah, it was a similar thing, man. So I I realized that cosplay has a time and a place. Right. Um. Not necessarily the death metal shows for me anymore, but. Uh, moving forward, we're talking about shows here, November 8th through the 12th. If I haven't talked about it already, we're going to be on tour there with the old reeking ore. We're leaving the farm. I'm going to put the, put the shovels down. Rick's going to put the hose down (laughs) and we're going to, um, go on. (laughs) We're going to go out there. Philly, uh, Tennessee, Pittsburgh, one unannounced date, Carrie and Vale. Perhaps you've heard of them. Half, perhaps you've heard of them. We're going to be supporting these wonderful music, uh, musical artists out on the road. Uh, we hope you come through and check it out. Look for us on the social media there, man. Any other shows that we should talk about here, Tom? I think we covered a lot of them. No, nah, we did a lot of shit. We did more than we should have, just mentioning off random shit. Yeah, I, but shout I, out to all of them. Shout out to NYCMetalScene.com. I want to get Matt on here one day. He's got a wealth of experience uh, in the metal scene himself with his bands and things like that. Um, so, and we do that as kind of a, um, as not only as a segment on a show because I lack imagination, uh, but also to plug him and what he does and to make you aware of the shows that are going on here in the tri-state area now that things are back. But, uh, we also got social media for that and you can check out heavy hole podcast on the social medias on Patreon. We appreciate your support. Thank you very much for that. Um, and you can also go back. We have a wealth of episodes now, man. If you're just catching on in the last few months, we've noticed a few more followers here and there. Yeah. They're still tricking. In. Yeah, we've we've interviewed a lot of people now. You can go back and check out interviews with uh, people from uh, from everyone from Von Young of Deadin to Mike Browning of Nocturnus to uh, Kelly Schaefer of Athea. We've had a lot of different people on the podcast. Yeah, Sarah Jezebel Diva, the um, originator of the uh, operatic female vocals in Cradle of Filth and solo artist in her own right. We had a very wonderful interview with her once upon a time. The late Steve Grimmett of Grim Reaper. Yeah, shout that, out to him. Very sad. Rest in peace to that, man. That's one of our proudest moments here on Heavy Hole Podcast. Just to give the list, the newer listeners uh, an idea of what you can go back in our back catalog. It's all available available there where you stream uh, this podcast where you're listening to it. <laughs> that being said, Tom, um, I was a little nostalgic today. You know, uh, we've had you back here for a little while now. I might have to cycle in some of the 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 more um, uh, uh, green guest ho- guest co hosts I've been I've been working with now. Sure. Shout out to Rick and Sam and Dave and everybody. Um, you, sir, I, maybe I'm gonna put you on the spot. What's a great heavy hole podcast memory to you from the old days? Oh, Any man. an old listener, an old recommendation that stuck with you? Mm. An old guest, maybe that a word of wisdom. Something Justin did that was kind of weird. I mean, that's, you know, there's been a few episodes where he comes in and he's been drinking already. Yeah. And he's fun. And I watch you get kind of upset because you have something you're trying to do and he's just like talking over you. I find that funny. Um, But I know that's not funny for you. It's funny for me now. Yeah. After it's done. It's funny for me looking back. Yes. um, That was a big bit on our podcast in like the first 
two or three seasons. Yeah. Yeah, that happened a lot. <laughs> it happened often. Um, specific guests. I don't know. Who who did we get into? Well, I know I know the Mike Browning episode was one where that, that t- Justin was plugging his new wood shop. Right. And he had a game he wanted to play with the listeners. But so my game was let's get to the interview. <laughs> no, shout to Justin. It's all good, man. We love him. One guest I really liked talking to was uh, Jeff Sisson from Troglodyte. Oh, uh, yeah. That Jeff dude was, was great. He was awesome. I had a lot of fun listening to him talk about like his experience in the horror scene and, uh, well, you know, doing the music videos, things like that. He's just like a crafty dude. And, uh, yeah, we hit it off. You know, he's a fun dude. And uh, same with Patrick Bruss, having him yeah. on. Like, th- yeah. those two guys, they, they come to my mind is like they were really normal conversations where just like you know how it is you get into you start the show and it takes like you gotta sniff butts for like five (laughs) ten minutes and then and then if it goes in quick and i don't know it's fun that's funny to me because both those guys are kind of more behind they're like behind the scenes production guys in a way too man so i can see why they, they click with you man you guys know the same stuff and there's a newer uh the troglodyte just put out a new album recently mm-hmm. man we urge everybody to go back and listen to that interview with troglodyte and check out the new troglodyte release hell yeah a hundred percent man all right awesome man thank you tom I was just really checking to make sure you enjoyed doing this, man. Um, yeah, I was going to say, this got a little like, what, is this the last episode? <laughs> <laughs> it's just, well, I mean, let's be honest, man. We're gonna, we, nowadays, Tom and Justin are very... Justin's got this softball thing. He's trying to get a sponsorship for a fishing lure by playing softball. I don't even know how it works. You're mm, who knows? exercising a lot, which is not really... Um, it's To be honest, you're breaking company policy for Heavy Hole Podcast by doing that, but it's okay. Uh, I kind of yeah. like look over it, but that's why you're behind the boards most of the time. I don't want the union to get involved. So, you know, we'll we'll see you around, Tom. We'll bring you back in a little while. But Tom is Good. always there behind the boards, tweaking everything, bringing in a little background music and all that. Oh, you know what? That's actually, uh, when it comes to things you could do, Tom, that's one. 